be very quick this morning, and uh, I know that the uh, Lord's been ministering already, and uh, I appreciate that, and I don't want to take anything away from that, but uh, we've been dealing with this thought, and uh, God just give me a word for 2024 on Restore, and uh, I've been dealing with that. Last week, uh, we dealt with Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a, in a fault... Uh, ye which are spiritual, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And uh, the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. So we started off last week dealing with this idea, this Saturday or Sunday rather, dealing with the idea of restoring and how the ministry that we've been given. The Bible says this, it says, bear ye one another's burden and thereby, therewith fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment in John chapter number 13. He said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. And he says, hereby will they know that you are my disciples because you love one another. Another place Jesus was asked, what is the greatest of all the, the laws? And he said, uh, the first, and, uh, and that is that we're to love the Lord our, our God with all of our hearts, our minds, all of our soul, all of our might. And he said, in the second is likened unto the first. And he said, you're, no, you're to love your neighbor as yourself, as thyself. You're to love your neighbor as thyself. And so the Bible tells us that to fulfill the law of Christ means that we are to love one another and we are to perform the ministry of restoring. That's what we're to do. And uh, man, we don't like to do that. Instead, uh, it tends to be the church likes to shoot those that are wounded. I need somebody to help me, all right? Uh, somebody falls, and that, of course that word fault there and that thing, it does have a meaning of a, uh, a, a transgression, a stepping over the line, if you will. Uh, but uh, when you look at this passage of Scripture and you compare it to what's going on in the church today, man, we, we just soon, we, it, it's like we, the army of the Lord. I told y'all I used that song last week, I'm in the Lord's army. And nobody wants to be in the Lord's army anymore because you take, in, you take friendly fire. Uh, ain't got to worry about enemy fire, it's friendly fire, Right. And so anyhow, this word restore, it followed us last Sunday and then it followed us into Wednesday night and I've already given a lot of the sermon on Wednesday night and not a lot of it. You need to go back and you need to listen to it. Let me encourage you to do that as we looked and broke down uh, um, um, uh, Psalm 51 where David repented of his sin. The Bible says this, David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And he said, then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And he said, and sinners will be converted. And that word converted right there is the same word that's used just a verse before in restore. So it was two. I mean, David said, restore me so that I can restore others, right? And that, that's, what we, that, that's where we went last, uh, uh, this past Wednesday night. Uh, yes, we do have the ministry of restoration and God can, not, not us, we can't restore somebody, but God can restore them, but we have the ministry of helping that and bearing one another's burdens, but how can we do that if we've never experienced it, right? If we've never been through restoration, if we've never been restored, then how can we be a help to somebody that needs restoration? Well, here's another story, all right? Here Here's another passage of Scripture, Mark chapter number 8. If you're there, say amen. It's just a few verses that we'll read. And a matter of fact, a lot of the times we see the miracles of Christ and they'll be recorded in several different Gospels. 
Uh, sometimes they're even recorded in all four of the Gospels. But this one is unique in that the only place that we have this particular miracle recorded is right here in the book of Mark. And so in Mark chapter number 8, if you're there, we'll begin our reading in verse number 22. And the Bible says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, I need everybody to just stop right there and think real good on that one right there, all right? I need somebody just, I, I mean, I, I, I like to preach, but sometimes you just need to let something soak in just for a few minutes, all right? Let the spittle soak in for a minute, all right, if you will. I mean, here Jesus takes him outside of town, and the Bible said this ain't the, this ain't the miracle where he spit in the clay and, and mixed it all together and put it on his eyes. This is heat. Is everybody with me? He spit in his hand and put it on his eyes. I'm not going to say it because you can read it for yourself. But the Bible says he spit on him. All right. He spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him. And he asked him if he saw aught. The Bible says in verse number 24, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, that's an important little thing there, all right? We're going to get back to that. It's important in the message anyhow, but we're going to get back to that just for a few moments here in a moment. But I want you to make sure you got this part of it too. He's seen men as trees walking, all right? And uh, we, we, I'll try to explain that a little better here in a minute. At verse number 25, it says, And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored. The Bible says, and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. All right. Now, before we take this too far and before we say, well, he told him not to tell anybody. The truth is he told him not to tell anybody in Bethsaida. The reason he told him not to tell anybody in Bethsaida is because Bethsaida had seen some great and mighty works of the Lord and they refused to believe. They had seen some things with their eyes. They had heard some things with their ears and yet they had not understanding. And God, he cursed them. Now, the reason I'm bringing all of that up, because if we go up just a few verses before this passage of Scripture, we'll find that the disciples were in the very same spot. They'd seen God work miracles. They'd seen God feed the fire. 5,000. They'd seen God feed the 4,000 and now Jesus is on a boat with them and they're coming across the Sea of Galilee and Jesus says unto them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the Bible says that the disciples started asking amongst themselves, is he saying all this because we forgot to bring bread, right? I, I mean, they were like, they, the Bible tells us that they forgot to bring bread on the boat with them. And so he goes to teaching them and says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And all of a sudden the disciples are like, is he talking to us because we didn't bring any bread? How many of you have ever, come on now, don't, act, don't be lying right here. You get into a church service and the preacher says something, you're like, was he talking to me? Right? Hey, some of y'all going to be doing that here in a minute, all right? Was he talking to me? Was, he, was, was that about me? Right? And that's how the disciples were. They were like, are, really? Is, this, is he telling us this because we didn't bring bread? And I want you to look at what Jesus said to them uh, because I think, it's in, I think it'll lay out where we're going with this. He says this in verse number 17, And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because you have no bread? 
Perceive not, or perceive you not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Look at this. Having eyes, see not. And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? I, I, I mean, look at verse number 21. And he said unto them, how is it that ye do not understand? And then we get the then we get the miracle, brother Johnny. The only miracle recorded in Scripture where Jesus healed somebody progressively. Jesus spoke, and the blind seen. Jesus touched, and people were healed. People walked. Jesus didn't even have to go to the house. And people got up, right? I need somebody to help me, and we're healed. I mean, Jesus touched a coffin, and old dead boy got up and said, Hey, Mama, I'm all right, right? I mean, we go through all kinds of Scripture. He had the power to do it however He wanted to, but there is one miracle recorded for us in Scripture where Jesus didn't do a complete healing on the first time. It's interesting, is it not? I mean, it wasn't like, it, it definitely wasn't because Jesus lacked the power to heal. It definitely wasn't because Jesus said, oh, I'm going to play with them. <laughs> I'm going to have some fun with them, all right? If he was doing that, it could have really been good, all right? I mean, he could have had him seeing upside down. He could have had him doing all kinds of stuff. But I mean, I, 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 Jesus is teaching us something. Would you agree with that or not? I mean, he wasn't doing it. It wasn't because he lacked power. So it has to be because he is teaching us something. He is teaching the disciples something. The only reason, the only explanation that we can come up with that makes sense as to why the one that spoke everything into existence out of nothing took two trips, two touches to heal a man is because Jesus was trying to teach us something. He was trying to teach the disciples something. Now, in the context of the Scripture, we find out that Jesus has just accused them of having eyes that don't see. Having ears and not understanding. Can I get a witness right here? I've seen some things in my life <laughs> and there's been some times in my life where I have, I've seen some things in my life and yet I still don't believe God can. Amen. There's been some things that I've heard about in my life and heard about God doing and yet when my problem gets so big, I'll be the one sitting up there acting as if God can't do it for me. Somebody hear me right now. This is exactly what was going on. God, Jesus was basically saying this. You've seen me feed 5,000. You've seen me feed 4,000. And you're sitting on a boat wondering if I'm talking to you because you didn't bring bread. If I wanted bread, I could fill the boat up. I need somebody to help me. I mean, he definitely didn't need them to get bread. Can I get a witness? And so they're having eyes they weren't seeing and having ears they weren't hearing and they were not understanding. And how many times in our life does that happen to us? Now listen, I've been dealing with some things and I, I mean personally and I've been dealing with some things uh, with others in the church and different things going on. And I ain't talking about anything bad. I'm talking about just life has come at some folks in a hurry and it's come at them hard. Is everybody with me? And here's what happens. We put our faith, all right, in, in different parts and aspects of our life. Let me give you an example. We put our faith into a marriage. 
We put our faith into the institution of marriage. Me and my wife has been married for over 30 years. Uh, we have three children. Our oldest one is 27. He's given us two grandbabies. We're waiting on the rest of them to get right with God and give us grandbabies and all these things. But we have, we have seen God work. And man, we believe in the institution of marriage. We believe in marriage, how God designed it. One man, one woman, forever together. Amen. But man, if you've ever been through a divorce, I need somebody to help me. All of a sudden, your faith is shaken. Man, when you stand up there and you're saying, I do, when you stand up there and you're saying, I'll love you forever, your mind in the back of your mind, or at least I hope it ain't, you ain't thinking, boy, <laughs> if I can't, we don't work this out, I'll get out of this one in a hurry, amen? Man, we, and then when something happens in our life, and it shakes the very foundation in the core that we believe, all of a sudden, our faith not only in that institution is damaged, but oftentimes our faith in God is. Well, He did it for them. Why hadn't He done it for me? He helped their marriage. Why didn't He help mine? Come on, I need somebody to help me right now, all right? I know this is not one of them Sunday morning services, but I think we're talking about restoration. One of the things that need to be restored in the church is faith. Faith is faith. If nothing else, one of the things, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And what I'm trying to help you with this morning is to understand that there are things in your life that will shake the foundation of your core beliefs to a place where you start doubting everything you've seen, you start doubting everything you've heard, and all of a sudden you become like those with no understanding. The same people that would stand there and counsel somebody and say, I know God can do it. I know God can fix your marriage when they have to go through a divorce are the same ones that are sitting there and said, I begged God, but He didn't do it for me. Maybe He'll do it for you. Things didn't work out with a job, and it cost you some things. Money, it didn't work out. There was a situation that you were praying about, and God didn't fix it. There's a, there was some healing, something going on in your body, and you was praying about it, and God didn't fix it. And all of a sudden, your faith is just shaken. You've seen some things. You've seen some things. You've seen God do it in their life. You've seen God do it in their life. You've heard about God doing it over in the Bible. You've heard about it over and over again. And then you're sitting there and it's all by, you're all by yourself and you're all alone and you're sitting in a bedroom, sitting on the edge of your bed saying, God, where are you? Because your faith all of a sudden has been shaken. I've seen it. I've watched it. This is part of restoration. This is part of restoring people. The church needs a restoration of faith. Because when things don't work out the way we feel like that they should, all of a sudden, we start questioning, what's wrong with me? Or either we start questioning, what's wrong with God? Hmm. I want you to look. I'll give you four things and I'm done, all right? <laughs> hey, quickly, all right? I want you to notice first off the struggle that was recorded. I believe the first thing that we need to look at in this, I told y'all, remember I said we'd go back to that, I see men as trees walking, remember we said we'd go back to that? I think, and I, I, I can't prove it or anything like this, but I believe that that man 
had sight at one time. Had to. I mean, come on now. How did he come up with, I see men as trees walking, right? So at some point in his life, he had to be able to. He was describing things that only somebody that could see would know. So as he comes, I want you to look at the struggle that's recorded. I want us to look at his past first. And I want you to realize that there was a time in his life where he could see. And I need somebody to help me right here. There was a time in your life when you had absolute faith, non-wavering faith. God could do anything. You got saved and God could do anything. He could do it all. You run around town telling everybody, don't you worry about it. God can do it. <laughs> hey, I need a million dollars. Don't you worry about it. We'll pray about it. God can fix this. God, I need somebody to help me. If you need a million dollars, God probably ain't fixing it, all right? All right. I need somebody to help me, all right? But if he does, you tithe on that million dollars. I'm just kidding, all right? That was just funny, all right? Now, his past, he, 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 there's a time in his life where I believe this man could see. I want you to notice this struggle recorded tells us about his problem. He had a blindness. But I want you to understand the circumstances surrounding it was unbelief. And I want us to make sure that we understand though there's a physical healing here, there's also a spiritual lesson here. There's a spiritual lesson here that we need not miss. At one time this man could see. He comes with blindness eye now having eyes, but he didn't see. Is everybody with me? So we notice his problem. We notice that I need somebody to help me right here. He had some people or some partners that helped him. The Bible says that they brought him. Is everybody all right? Uh, Put up verse 22 up there, if you will. The Bible says, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring, bring, as everybody say that, they bring a blind man unto him. You know what this means? This means that there was somebody in his life that cared enough about him to bring him somewhere where he could get help. I need somebody to help me. Is this not? If this not... Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one <laughs> in the spirit of meekness, right? Uh, considering thyself, thou shalt also be tempted. Is this not something to the, similar to that? Here's a man that once had, once had his sight, now he doesn't, and somebody is helping to bear his burden. Somebody is carrying him. Somebody is bringing him to somebody that can help him. We see the struggle recorded. His, we see his past. We see the pro, his problem. We see his partners, but we see their pleading. Their pleading is, Lord, touch him. Lord, touch him. I need somebody to help me. You won't get, if we're going to get faith back in our lives, it's going to be because we get touched by the Lord. It's going to be because we get touched by His Word. I'm going to go a little bit specific in this because the Bible tells us over in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17 that you and I increase our faith by hearing the Word. And so we see the struggle that's recorded for us here in Scripture in Mark chapter number 8. But number two, I want you to notice the solitude that's required. The solitude that was required. I want you to look at the next verse with me as we go through this. Verse number 23, the Bible says, And he took the blind man by the hand. This is Jesus taking the blind man by the hand. And he led him out of the town. He led him out of the town. Jesus wants to do a work in your life, and Jesus wanted to do a work in this man's life. How do I know that Jesus wants to do a work in this man's life? Because he took time to take this man by the hand and lead him out of town. 
Bible doesn't tell us anything about those that brought him going with them. The Bible only tells us that Jesus took this man by the hand and led him out of town. The Bible doesn't tell us that the rest of the town went with him. The Bible doesn't tell us that those that brought him went with him. The Bible doesn't tell us that the disciples went with him. The Bible simply tells us that for Jesus to perform this miracle and for Jesus to do this work in this man's life, it was going to be on a one-on-one basis. See, there's a solitude that's required. There's so many of us that lack faith and we think we're going to find faith in somebody else and so we make a phone call to this person or we make a phone call to that person or we text this person, we message this person and we're trying to increase our faith but we're going to the wrong source. And we end up living for years in unbelief and years and not having and lacking faith because we're going to the wrong source with our problem. We're going to the wrong source trying to get help. But if God's going to do a work this morning, He's going to have to have you and He's going to have to have you all alone. The Bible says He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. There's a solitude that is required. God has sympathy and God wants to work in this man's life. You can see the care that God had. He took him by the hand. He caressed his hand. He took him out of town. The Bible says He led him. God wants to do a work in your life. But He's got to get you away from the crowd. He's got to get you away from the crowd. See, if, you, if your faith is going to be increased, Brother Johnny, it ain't going to be increased hanging around people who ain't got faith. Oh, I'm having... I'm having so much fun, Brother Greg. There's so many people that come to church and, oh, God, increase my faith, and then you're hanging out with a bunch of hoodlums. You're hanging out with a bunch of people that don't want nothing to do with God. You're hanging out with a bunch of places that ain't got nothing to do with God and say, oh God, increase my, oh God, do this for me. Oh God, do that for me. And you're hanging around people that don't want nothing to do with God. Do you understand in the context of this scripture, that's exactly what was going on? Do you understand that Jesus would not do a work in this town? And the reason he wouldn't do a work in this town is because of the unbelief of the people in the town. Jesus wouldn't even do a work in the town and then he wouldn't even allow the guy to go back and tell the people of the town. See, the problem is is we're, we're trying to get godly things to happen around ungodly people. Mm, I'm having some fun right now. Boy, I get so sick and tired. I'm gonna have, is everybody all right? I'm going to jump on a soapbox right now. Is everybody ready? Let me get up here on this soapbox. I get so sick and tired of seeing people, and it ain't people in our church, but just seeing people in our community and in our society today. They get up there, and anything goes wrong in their life, oh, they're calling out on God. God, help me. God, please. Y'all pray for me, everybody. I need all my prayer warriors. I need everybody else. And then the next thing you hear, hey, join me down at Rascals. We're going to have a good time tonight. I got news for you. I I need everybody to hear me right now. God ain't never been down at Rascals. Ever. Ever. God ain't never stepped foot in Rascals. Not even in somebody. I think the Holy Ghost might say, I ain't going in there. But I got to listen to these fools on on Facebook talking about, oh, I'm going to Rascals tonight. Y'all join me over at Rascals, but I need y'all to pray for me. Things ain't going right in my life. You reckon? 
You're asking for godly things around ungodly people. If God's going to do a work in your life, He's going to have to get you out of the crowd. I'm going to move on. I ain't got time. Y'all ain't got time, all right? We got another group coming in at 11. But I want you to understand it's a personal work. Only you can go to this place with God. You want your faith increased. You want God to do something. Only you can do that. God ain't going to work it in everybody. And you need to be careful. Mm. You need to be careful that those around you have the same faith that you're looking for. Because if you're hanging out with people that's got less faith than what you're looking for, you're going to find out. You're going to find yourself in the rut of lack of faith. Not because God doesn't want to give you faith, but because of who you're hanging around with. Let me move on. We say the solitude. The solitude that was required. Number three, we see the soothing that was received. Man, I read in this passage of scripture, everybody with me? Jesus spit in this dude's eyes. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all something. Y'all better be full of the Holy Ghost if one of y'all come up and spit on me. Chris, I might get whooped, <laughs> but they're going to have it to do, I promise you. I, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek, and I, I would, yours, I'd turn it. I'd, I'd turn it, I'd definitely turn it, and then 1 John 1, 9, I'd claim the blood, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and if you spit on me again, I hit you with the other hand, Amen. And then pray a prayer again. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I want to hit you, all right. <laughs> but the soothing. I, this man, this thing, boy. The Bible, as I studied this thing, it said, remember we talked about this man at one time he could see. There very possibly could have been to a wound to his eyes. And of course, if you've ever been around somebody that, that can't see and is blind, uh, their eyes tend to get matted and tend to get these things. Uh, anyhow, when Jesus spit on his eyes and he rubbed it on him, as I read behind one of the doctors, he said, at this time and in this day and time, they didn't have the ointments and different things. Jesus didn't have, he wasn't walking around with a pharmacy. Is everybody with me? And so when he spit in this man's eyes and he rubbed his eyes, it would have been a soothing. The warmth of the spittle would have been soothing to the eyes that were in pain as he was opening and beginning the work that he did on his life. Now stay with me right here. Because I looked at that thing and I tried to think for the life of me, man. Jesus could have done this so many different ways, Brother Greg, than spitting in somebody's eyes. I mean, he could have done it so many different ways than, 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 than how this was done. And, and, and I'm trying to find out. I want from Scripture. I want to know why God is telling us what he's telling us. Why is the Bible right? Why is it written out for us this way? And I believe, I don't know. But as I was studying this thing, I wonder this soothing that was received. Is he had, we see the spittle and how it soothed his eyes, but I want you to notice the surrender. Remember, we talked about it just a minute ago. You spit my eyes and we're going it's gonna be on, right? But yet this man surrendered. I'm a, I need somebody to help me right here. As soon as Jesus would have come back with 
Hold up. <laughs> Time out. What's going to happen right here? I'm going to need all the details because I can't see. Right? <laughs> Listen to me. This man had to fully surrender to whatever God prescribed to heal him. There's too many of us that come into church and we come down to an altar and we pray for healing our way. We come to God and we say, now listen, this is what I need and this is how I need you to do it. They all came and they brought this blind man to Jesus and they said, hey, we need you to touch him. <laughs> do y'all see the irony in that? That's right. You're bringing this man to the one that can heal him and you're telling him how to do it. Amen. So many of us, we put God in this little old box and we say, all right, God, this is what I need and this is how I need you to do it. But if you want God to fix those wounds, if you want God to heal those hurts, if you want God to work in that life, I'll say, here I am, Lord. Whatever you see fit, That's right. however you determine to do it, hmm, I trust you. I trust you. Lastly, I'm done. The satisfied, the satisfied recovery, restoration. Jesus said, can you see? He asked him if he sees all. He asked him if he see all. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, the Bible says, go to the next verse, verse number 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes. Made him look up. And he was, the Bible says, restored. And saw every man clearly. Listen, there's so many of us that our faith has been shaken Something happened in your life, and I use divorce as an example, but there's so many other things that we have going on in our lives that shake us to the core. I remember growing up, I, I, I had a, a man that took an interest in me. He was, a, he was a deacon at the church. His son and I are best friends now, and uh, his son was my youth pastor. But this was the greatest Christian I knew. He's greater than any preacher I ever been around my life the man loved the Lord he was a man's man I mean this man rebuilt tractors and he 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 did uh he restored track old tractors and different things like that he owned companies and stuff I mean he this wasn't no uh, you know this this wasn't no uh, uh you know prim and proper and all this this man was like, almost like my grandfather he's one of the greatest Christians that I know and I remember he got cancer and I come on him all of a sudden, and I mean, I, I, I wasn't saved, so I was really struggling with it. 
Because, Brother Johnny, I couldn't understand why somebody that was so good and had been so good to me, God would take when there were so many that was wicked. So many that, that I thought deserved what he was getting. And how I thought he didn't deserve it. I remember going to his funeral, and I can remember I couldn't even make it through the funeral. And I, I mean, I, there was a pile of people at his funeral. And I remember, I, I mean, I was just overwhelmed. I was angry. Everything that I'd ever been taught and believed. I mean, I've been taught from a youngin that God was, you know, God could do anything. He could raise the dead. I mean, I've, I've been taught all that my whole life. And then I struggled. I was lost, but I was struggling with how would, why would God allow this to happen? All of a sudden, I started doubting what God could do. All of a sudden, I mean, it threw me in a tailspin. My wife would tell you, I mean, it, it threw me in a tailspin for a while. The one person that kept me grounded, the one person that, 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 that kept me just a little bit attached to God is now taken from my life. And I'm sitting there going, how in the world am I supposed to deal with this? And I struggled over and over again with these thoughts of God. You're cruel, and God, you didn't do, you didn't, is everybody all right? I, I'm sorry, I know, y'all, I'm saying what y'all thought. Right, I'm saying out loud what you probably thought before. Man, I struggled with it. I did. I was a young man and I was lost. I didn't, I didn't have the Holy Spirit to guide me through this. My faith was shaken. And there's some people sitting in here today. Some things went on in your life that didn't work out the way you wanted them to. There was a time... You'd have run through that wall right there to tell somebody that Jesus could do anything for them. And now you sit in here today saying that was a false hope. I believed it at the beginning, but I've seen too many times where God didn't do it. God didn't show up the way I thought he should. He didn't do the way that I told him I needed it done. He didn't answer this prayer or he didn't answer that prayer. I need somebody to help me. And you sit here today with a damaged faith. Eyes aren't seeing clearly. Ears that's heard, but they're not hearing anymore. Oh, Lord. And a lack of understanding. I cling to that verse. The Lord's ways are not our ways. I wish I had an answer for you for everything, but I don't. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of things in my life that I don't have an understanding of. I don't know. I don't understand why God's allowing this. I don't understand why God's doing this or why God's doing that. I was up in prayer Monday night, 1 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the morning I was in prayer because I don't understand why this is happening. When I'm like, God, if you'll just turn me loose, I'll fix it. Oh, I need somebody to help me. If you'll just turn me loose, I'll fix it. I can fix this problem. <laughs> Chris, you, go, you might have to go with me to prison, but we, we can fix the problem. We need a restoration of faith. My counseling, my help. All I got for you this morning is God wants to do a work in your life. 
Don't expect it to all work out in first. Don't come down here and think you're going to get all the faith in the world on the first trip. <laughs> Jesus did a work progressively. He might start it today. Mm. Might find yourself around the altar and hear. Spiritually. Maybe God just starts it today. Starts dealing with those wounds and those hurts. Starts fixing some of them things. You come on to the altar, y'all, everybody. Because we all, something is shaking it. There was a time when, man, you believed God and walk on water. God God, God walked through the flames. God can speak, and there it is. He touched and it heals. Man, over and over again, that, man, you were just, you had the faith of a mustard, the size of a mustard seed. God can do anything. Life comes at you quick. Now, all of a sudden, you start doubting. God didn't do that. Can he do this? He wouldn't do that. Will he do this? Heads bowed with me. How many would find a place around the altar? Lord, restore my faith. I know without God it's impossible to please you. I don't want to go through another 2023. I don't want to go through another year where I'm doubting you and wondering if you can or wondering if you will. God, work in me. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, thankful, Lord, of how you work in our lives. Lord, there's so many of us that are impatient, myself included. I'm speaking of myself. God, I want things my way and I want them right then. I don't want to wait. I want to anticipate anxiety I don't want to be anxious oftentimes I read these stories in the Bible and God I know that you're able I believe that word God I believe your word I know what you're capable of and what you can do but many times I find myself as the disciples having eyes that read it but don't see having ears that have heard it but they just have no understanding Lord this morning Lord as we work through 2024 in this year of I believe Lord where you're restoring some things God restore in the church faith Give us people in the church that believe, God, you can move mountains. That believe, God, you can still walk on water. That believe that you can still part the Red Sea. God, that believe that while sitting in the lion's den, God, you can shut their mouths.
God that still believed that on the battlefield against a giant, the battle is still the Lord's. God, I pray this morning that you increase our faith. Lord, as you do a work in each of us individually, restore faith, increase our faith. Lord, that we may restore others, that we may fulfill the law of Christ. Heads bowed this morning. If you're sitting in this building, nobody's looking around. Visitors, I'm thankful that you're here. But I'd be doing a great injustice if I didn't give you the same opportunity that was given to me. September 28, 1997, I sat in a church service. The preacher asked a question and he said, if you were to die right now where you're sitting, do you know where you'd spend eternity? First time I'd heard that, that it penetrated my heart. Now I had to give an answer. I remember as I sat in that pew thinking to myself, if I died right now, the life that I live, I know I'd burn in hell. Preacher said, do you know where you'd spend eternity? Heaven or hell? I remember thinking, God, please, go to hell Lord speaking to my heart I don't even remember what the preacher preached but he gave me a chance an opportunity to get saved and it changed my life I wasn't perfect September 29th 1997 and I breaking news on this one I'm not perfect now but God did a perfect work in me on September 28, 1997 and he saved God will do the same for you this morning so I ask you the question if you were to die right now do you know where you'd spend eternity say preacher I'm not sure I want you to do this for me nobody's looking around but me I want you to just lift your hand up just high enough where I can see it preacher I'm not sure is there anybody like that I see it. Anybody else? Just be honest with me. You can put it down. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Listen to me. I'm not trying to call you out. I ain't trying to embarrass you. If you know my heart, and I know that's impossible for you to know, but I want you to know something. I want to see you saved. so I can get my name put on a sign. I don't do this. So Everybody talk about how good the sermon is. I do this because I, I, I don't want anybody to go to hell on my watch. If you'll let me this morning, I got some people that take a Bible. I can show you how to be saved. I can show you from God's Word, not what a denomination says, not a set of rules, 
But from God's Word, you can read for yourself how to be saved. And today you can leave out of here knowing where you spend eternity. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you, and believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, not save me again. this morning if you let me help you if you let me help you I want you to get up out of your seat and come right where I'm at let me get somebody to take a Bible and show you nobody's looking around still will you do that this morning will you let me help you come on right here anybody else Simple as that. Nobody's looking around. Will you come? Let me help you. Got a man down here that'll help you right now. Lord, thank you. Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you for the work. Lord, I pray you're doing the work. Lord, if there's one thing that I need more, it's faith. There's one thing this church needs more of, it's faith. If there's one thing this, this world, the church, needs more of, it's faith. God, restore that faith to us. Things didn't work out. They didn't go as planned. They didn't go like we wanted them to. But God, that doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change what we've seen. It doesn't change what we've heard. It doesn't change what we've understood from your word. God, you're still God. You're still worthy. God, you're still able. God, you're still powerful. God, you still can. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, as we leave out of here, Lord, that we'll bring our problem to you, the only one that can fix it. Lay it at your feet. Walk away from it, God. Watch you do a work. We love you this morning. I thank you for this church service. Thank you for the people that are here. God, I pray you bless us. Lord, as we go our separate ways and as the 11 o'clock crowd comes in, prepare their hearts, Lord, for the message, for the service. God, we'll be sure to give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Church said, Amen.